Welcome to another edition of Politics Done Right. Hey folks, when I talk about the activists of activists, I'm, I'm not being overblown. Um, uh, uh, we are here with Mondale Robinson. Mondale, how you doing brother. today, my brother? Great to have you here. It's, you know? good, it's good to be back. It's good and, to, I owe you this. I'm, yeah, I'm behind. Actually, yeah, you stood me up the last net roots, man. I'm hurt. <laughs> Charge it to my head, not my heart. Okay, I know it's not uh, your heart. I know it's not your heart. Anyway, look here. You've been doing a lot of great things. You have a new organization. Well, it's not new anymore, but no. you have an organization that's yeah. really getting voters engaged. Talk to me a little bit about it. Yeah, man. Um, You know, uh, Black Male Voter Project, we're going into our fifth election cycle right now. Mm -hmm. So she's no longer a baby. I know. She's I a, know. She's a kindergartner exactly now. Exactly right. And uh, like kindergartners, she's learning so much more about Black men specifically. Uh, what we know, right, let, let me stop you right ahead. there. Ahead, Why sure. do you have to centralize on black men? We know we have yeah. a voter issue around, yeah. but there's something specific about black men yeah. that you got to centralize. Or talk about it. Yeah, it's it's the lack of uh, prioritization from the party, auxiliaries, and, and, and frankly, any organizations doing this work. How is it 2023 and we're the only national organization talking to black men, which is the second largest base voter mm -hmm. for our for people that believe in progressive now, there ideas. Are some, there are some people that would say, mm -hmm. well, you know, we think, you know, mm -hmm. it's it's the same all life matter kind of folks yeah. that says, why do we need to go ahead and segment or create an identity that we somehow have to treat black men differently in the voting process? Yeah. Explain exactly why that is a must, especially given our history. Yeah, I mean, listen, First of all, black men were the first guinea pigs for voter suppression. The 15th Amendment started what would right. become what we suffer from right now. And also it matters that to be black man in America is unique, unique in a way that is horrible. Black men suffer the worst social markers of any demographic in this country. We have the shortest lives, the worst uh, economic outcomes. We're more likely, more likely to be killed or targeted by police officers and also school and the prison justice system is not working for us. So to be black men and not see your issues prioritized by a party that says they're speaking on your behalf is the absolute reason why Black Male Voter Project it exists. It is interesting because I always talk to folks, you know, folks would always talk about identity politics. We need to get away from identity politics. I said we can only get away from identity politics. We only can get away from women's issues, men issues, black men issues, etc. when identities don't matter. And at this point in our history, identity matters. Expand yeah. on that. Yeah, I mean, getting away from identity politics sounds like a talking point for Republicans. Right. Uh, it's the idea that you don't need to be woke. Right. The anti-woke mob or the woke mob, whatever they want to call us. Think about that in terms. Who right. wants to walk around sleep? Right. What are you trying to hide from me? What do I need not know for you to, to suffer from your politics? So this idea that you don't need to talk about identities is to say that I don't need to say what's really ailing me. I don't, I don't need to talk about what's killing my communities. That to me goes against everything I stand for, not just politically, but religiously. I, I, I serve a Jesus that was a minority Jew born under Roman occupation, mm -hmm. who was bilingual, who said what you do for the most or the least, and also what you don't do for them, you're speaking to my policies. So the idea that for me to not talk about identity politics is to go against my God. And I can't do that. Exactly right. Now, let, let's go deep now into your organization. Mm -hmm. Tell me what, first of all, what are you doing? What's your approach? Mm -hmm. How are you getting to these people, not only in the urban areas and the cities, but also in rural areas across yeah. the country? I think what happens is, uh, this is, I'm glad you asked about rural area too, because a lot of the time people think about black men as the thug right. in, in, in the suburban, right? In, this, in, in this the urban, ur areas. urban areas, right? Yeah. Big cities. But in actuality, black people are overrepresented in rural spaces, especially in the South. 
black people represent 30% of the rural population in southern states. Right. Nationally, we are only about 13% of the population. So that means we're overrepresented in rural spaces. So uh, the idea that we have a program that does not speak to rural spaces would be incomplete anyway. But our program is a year-round program that does not focus on traditional methods or candidate work. So let me, let me stop you for mm-hmm. a second. Does that mean you are not dependent on the, even though you've been around for five election mm-hmm. cycles, you make sure unlike uh, what, let's say, the, the parties do, mm-hmm. you don't only try to contact your folks during an election cycle, yeah. but throughout the year. Yeah, I think that transactional nature of campaigns, like calling people two months before an election right. to talk about how important this election is, mm-hmm. how important this candidate is, this candidate can save your life, does not ring true with black men. There's never been a candidate on an right. election that saved black men. This is why we feel find ourselves where we are right now. So we know if we're gonna be trusted messengers for this demographic, then we have to show up every day. So we knock all year round. We also have programs that are built to mimic the lived experience of black men. It's called Brother Be Voting, mm-hmm. which is our focus group. We don't let cameras in there. They're not, it's not like an overt political conversation. We only let three political people in and the other 74 are brothers who are gang member drug dealers who don't vote at all mm-hmm. or vote sporadically. Because I feel like if we're gonna expand the electorate, we don't need to worry about voter registration with black men. Right. We don't have a voter registration. We don't have a clientele problem. Mm-hmm. We have a product problem. People aren't buying the democratic product, mm-hmm. right? 72% of the black men that are registered in this country right now either did not vote or only voted in one of the last three elections. Listen to me, 73% of black men that are registered to vote in this country is rejecting our politics. 73% said, I'm not voting or I've only voted in one election. These are brothers who are already registered. So don't talk to me about voter registration Mm -hmm. when you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing with this demographic. Yeah, Yeah, and people should know this is not a critique of black men. Because we know that every time a demographic increase in its participation in the election, it's because they spent more resources mm-hmm. on them. So when you see black men being more likely to be non-voters or one election voters than they are two election or, or super voters, then that's a critique of the model that you're running. That transactional nature that you're talking yes. about where you show up after Labor Day telling me how important this election mm-hmm. is when you're not doing anything, when the police are killing my brothers and my family members. You know something, Mondale, you hit on something. I, I've been concerned watching how many, let's say, black men starting to jump on the Trump bandwagon. It's not many. And I know it's not many. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to make it right. many, but right. I'm saying that that any would. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Any would. Yeah. Right. Believe it or not, speaks to what you're saying. Yeah. It has been transactional. And somebody says, well, I've tried this. I've tried that. I've tried that. What the hell? Let me just try something I, else. And I mean, like, and I, and so the, the, the beautiful part of it is black men aren't growing their support for Republicans. Right. Mm-hmm. There's always since the switch in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Right. Since. Uh, Explain that, because a lot of people. Yeah. have. You know, one of the selling points and yeah. the parties is like, hey, remember, the Republican Party is the ones who signed the Emancipation Proclamation yeah. and the Democratic yeah. Party is the one who yeah. was into segregation back yeah. in the... Explain to yeah. folks why that is a silly argument. It's a silly argument because of the same reason Ronald Reagan was a Republican. Let me explain what I'm talking about. In the 60s, it was a woman. Right. It was a lot of people. Yes, yes. But, but let's be clear. It was the work of a Southern black woman, right? Right? You know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes, of course. Okay, that said, I'm sick and tired of being sick and yes, tired. Yes, I, I know. Yeah. Right? And she, she argued and made the Democratic Party seat black people at the 1968 convention. Right. Right? And when black people got seated by the Democratic Party, all the racist white Democrats left, left the party. And formed? And formed the Republicans. The Dixiecrats. The, the Dixiecrats and the New Republicans. Right. One of those 
one of those Democrats that left the party that year was Ronald Reagan. Right. Right? Oh, wait. I, believe exactly. I didn't know that. Exactly. It was Ronald Reagan. Maybe right? that's why he started his campaign the way he did. And, and that's exactly why. Yeah. He went to Mississippi. Right. To Philadelphia, Mississippi. Right. To send a point to white racists that, well, hey, I'm with you. I just heard something, Mandela. I didn't know Reagan was a part of that cabal. Yeah, that absolutely. 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 Okay. Reagan, Strong, Thurmond, all of them. So what happened is this, this, this idea that Lincoln Republicans, Lincoln Republicans are now Democrats. Mm -hmm. So people, that mixture, so I, I literally just screamed at Jesse Waters on Fox about this. Mm -hmm. Like, you're out of your mind. Your Republican Party is not the party of Lincoln. Exactly. You're not the party of Lincoln. That's almost like me saying, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm the same as, I'm the same as, Frederick Douglass. Exactly. I'm not Frederick Douglass. Right, right. Right? I would have never went to the Hayes administration. Right. I would have never talked about black people not needing education. Right. Right? right. That would have been my stance. So people need to understand that history matters for a lot of reasons. I'm especially glad you brought that up. I, I am so glad yeah. because that is almost blasphemy. In, in, it is. In, in some, it, it is in some blasphemy. Black, in some black environments, that it would is. be blasphemy. It is. It is absolutely. Anybody that understands black history, it's almost like saying, I'm the one that freed you, but also, check this out. Yeah. Check this out. I'm the one that freed you from slavery, but then you discount the fact that in the 60s, you're the one that said I shouldn't be able to vote. Exactly. You're the one that said I should be killed for talking to or competing with white I people. I want to say something here to the audience. Let me tell you something, guys. One of the reasons it's important to hear all perspectives, right, is because even things, you learn the myth about Frederick Douglass, you learn the myth about Ronald Reagan, you learn the myth about all these things. When you have folks that are, are not distilled by the history that been anesthetized or sanitize that you get in, in school, it's the best way. Yeah. I learned something today. Yeah. Continue, Bundel. Yeah, so I mean, listen, I'm talking to your audience, I would, I would challenge all of y'all to stop thinking of the United Daughters of Confederates as the women who made the monuments, all these Confederate monuments right. get put up. And think about what they did to our education. Right. If you dive into the United Daughters of Confederacy and see what they did to Southern education, how they banned books, mm -hmm. banned books, any and book they that just start. No, 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 they banned the United Daughters of Confederacy yeah. banned books right after the Civil War. Right. So if you said anything negative about Confederate soldiers, if you said anything negative about the Klan, then those books couldn't be in Southern schools. Right. The idea of the lost cause that supports white people mm -hmm. and white supremacy and that the, there was Northern aggression, that's why Southern fought the Confederate War, it, all of that was taught through the USD, the, uh, the United Daughters of Confederacy's right. control over Southern schools. If you consider that, what then, and you see where we are right now, where you have Florida and other states banning books, we are about to face another generation that is completely ignorant to what really is I happening know right now. I that. You're so right about that. But we are already ignorant from a sanitized history that That's we learned here. Come on. Christopher Columbus was a hero and not a killer, right? Right. Right. The, the things that we've learned <laughs> yeah. in, in the country and that is now called woke because we decide to tell the truth. Right. Right. It's amazing. Well, I mean, and, and the funny part is all you got to do is say, yeah, I'm woke. Like, if you think about what they're saying, the anti-woke mob. What, what, I want to be woke. Listen, exactly. Who wants to walk around sleep? You're going right. to bump into You're going to trip over stuff? Right. right. But let's be honest. Like, this idea that you're telling people, be anti-woke. Right. And we know what it is. You're, woke is the new N-word. Right. You went from thug to woke. Let's, you're, you're literally saying you have to be anti-black right. to be a part of this. Let's think about the history of the word woke. It came from Marcus Garvey. Right. It came from black people saying stay woke to be aware of what white supremacy can and will do to you. Right. Or what it is doing to you. Mm -hmm. So they definitely want them, their parties to be anti-woke. 
And they say woke mob and sound like clowns. Right. We, 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 your dog whistling to the wrong people. You're letting black people know that you're anti-black right. when you say anti-woke. You know, it is amazing. What, what gets me is that in this year, we still have to fight these issues. And I'm not talking about fighting this one. I'm talking about that we still have to go through the psychological yes. impacts of, of this kind of stuff. And anyway, uh, to close this stuff out, brother, mm-hmm. give us give give the audience a closer. I mean, I think they've gotten a good education yeah. this right now. Give us a closer. Uh, I would say I would say to your audience, to you, to anybody that can hear me in earshot, to to truly discount everything you've learned about electoral politics and also the status quo. The status quo has failed us, continue to fail us, and it's because we allow it. There's no such thing as political power. That's perceived power. There's a lot. Of people power and we don't own that space we need to take back the ideal of people power and remind elected officials and i am an elected official remind elected officials that i work for you and when you don't do your job you get you get fired it's nothing revolutionary about electing somebody what's 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 revolutionary is unelecting an incumbent so everybody should be dead set on unelecting incumbents that are not doing anything that benefits the least of us Peace. Mondale Robinson, thank it's you always a pleasure for being on Politics Done Right. You keep up the good work because you. you know what? We need truth tellers, brother. Thank you, brother. You take care. All right, peace. peace. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share.